Some are suggesting these days that COVID-19 and the year 2020 will be a watershed moment for society. We'll finally wake up and respond to the realities of climate change that have been all around us. We'll finally respond to the, the scourge of isolation that has been plaguing our society. Maybe we'll finally respond to the reality of the societal disparities and injustices that fall along racial and economic lines. But, given how scatterbrained most of us are these days and just entirely out of sync, I'm guessing that we probably reside more in the land of theory than practice still at this point. Lots of ideas out there, even many good ones, and there are lots of good intentions out there as well, even, even attempts. Like attempts at better understanding on the issues surrounding our relationships with indigenous peoples and peoples of color. I know this congregation had a group that started up especially focused on the conversation of racial justice through the summer. So things are happening. And as for the environment, there are lots of changed practices around already, especially around our travel and vacationing habits, commuting habits, mainly because there's not as many places to go. But the second example just highlights the point. Meaningful change is hard to initiate. And once initiated, it's hard to sustain over the long haul. I mean, how many of these ideas and attempts at change will stick when we're no longer in a pandemic, when global borders begin to reopen, when there are no longer voices and protests in the street calling justice to our attention in uncomfortable ways? Of course, our journey with God hits the same roadblocks. COVID-19 has provided an awesome opportunity to rethink the way that we, that we worship God, the way that we connect with neighbors, the way that we do church as a community together, and also how we bring devotional habits and rhythms into our currently arrhythmic lives. Now, some of this is producing fruit too. There have been more changes in the ways that we worship on Sundays now than, than were even contemplated in the worship wars of the past decades or through any generations before that. Things have changed boldly, quickly. But again, meaningful change that lasts is hard to make. Because once it's made, it's even harder to sustain. So of all these changes that we've experienced now, have they, have they changed us in ways that will continue beyond this pandemic in good ways? When social distancing ends and masks disappear from our everyday lives, will the changes remain? Even though we're in a chaotic, maybe even stormy season of life, that doesn't mean that we've ceased to be human. Most of the same old stuff still plagues us. Change is still hard. Staying faithful to the rhythms of new change is hard too. And even though we might start off boldly in some of these changes, jumping out of the boat to walk on water, as it were, we're bound to meet some challenges along the way. And at least at part, that's the lesson of Peter that meets us today in our gospel lection. It starts off with a bold approach toward Jesus that, that dares to get out of the boat and, and change everything known about what's possible 
A man empowered by his God, together with his God, defeating every odd stacked against them, mastering the elements, witnessing of the miraculous. That's the kind of faith that we hope and that we dream to have, the proverbial faith that truly can move mountains. Now, you might not admit it out loud, but I think, I think that you do want that kind of faith. You know, we want to be prayer warriors. We want to be upstanding Christians who are known in the community for, for strong faith and wise counsel. We want to be able to walk with God in absolute trust, without doubt or fear, even in the worst of life storms, like this current one of COVID-19. We all want to be that kind of ideal Christian who doesn't struggle, the one who with rock-solid faith. And not only that, but I think we want to see the results of that faith, the fruit that faith bears showing itself out in our lives. We want to be transformed so that we can be agents of transformation in our world rather than still struggling with those same old besetting sins of a sharp tongue or arrogance and self-reliance or the secret pornographic adulteries that consume us, especially in isolating times like these. We truly do want to be new creations. We don't want to be dealing with all that old stuff. We want to be agents of transformation. And I think we want to see the results of that faith and that transformation in our communities and in the world around us. I think we do really want to witness to the good news of Jesus. I think we really do want to tell our coworker why God matters to us. I think we really do want to contribute to a more just society with relationships restored between all our neighbors, regardless of race or history or wealth. John Orberg wrote a book a few years back that became quite popular, the title of which you've probably heard, and that pretty well sums it up. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. It's that kind of boat-hopping faith that attracts us and that continually draws us back to this Gospel of Matthew passage. Because Peter seemingly had that kind of faith. A faith that got out of the boat, that dared to make a change, a faith that called out to the Lord, a, a trust in Christ that not only drew Peter out upon the waters into the great unknown, but that also kept him walking in a place where feet would otherwise surely fail. That's the kind of faith that we desire. And those are the kind of miraculous signs that we hope will accompany that kind of faith in our own life storms. And that's not strange. The rest of the world around us wants that too. There are all sorts of you know, motivational speakers and cliches and pop culture references and movies and elsewhere that have risen up around the idea of walking on water. We all want to do something spectacular and dwell in the realm of the miraculous, Christians and non-Christians alike. There's a hunger for God to show up. There's a hunger for us to be at the heart of it too. And so when we see Peter get out of the boat and take that first step, our hope is renewed. Perhaps it is possible to walk on water after all. We just have to, to get out of the boat. But actually, Peter's first action in this passage was prayer. That's what his comment to Jesus was, a prayer. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. You can perhaps hear your own words of aspiration there. Lord, if it's you, tell me to read your word 
more faithfully. Tell me to pray more earnestly. Tell me to deny temptations more diligently. Tell me to witness more boldly. Tell me to go out and stand for justice more willingly and vocally and visibly. To which Jesus always replies, come. So we get out of the boat, taking our first steps toward Jesus with boldness, as Peter did. We make strides toward it, and sure enough, we start off great. We get into a devotional rhythm. We fend off temptation. We attend a group. We go to a march. We publish an article. And we feel good. And we do all that because we truly do have faith. Same kind of faith that, that can move mountains. The same kind that got Peter out of the boat and on his way toward Jesus. We are people of faith who believe in God. It's part of the reason why you're hearing these words right now, because you took the time out of your week to worship God and to hear a word from the Lord. Not everybody does that, but you did, because you do have faith. You do believe, and you shouldn't lose sight of that too quickly. And yet at the same time, there comes the other part of the lesson of Peter in this passage. Peter had it going. It's doing great. Until he saw the wind. Until the reality of the waves caught him upon a sober second thought. Now maybe he took his eyes off Jesus. Maybe he heard the winds howling. Maybe he remembered that people don't actually walk on water. Whatever it was, Peter became frightened. He began to sink. It's a lesson that we don't have to work too hard to understand. We start off in boldness, just like Peter did. We may hop out of the boat and make good strides toward faithfulness, mastering our own tendencies, standing in solidarity or, or advocacy, instituting new rhythms in our lives, moving in boldness toward Jesus and the things he calls us to. Then a few weeks pass. The urgency wanes. The protests in the streets die down. One day fades into the next. Take a weekend at the cottage. We forget. Or perhaps the wind starts to blow in another direction. Life gets busy. School starts up again. New pandemic stresses or responses arise and our Christian resolve just falls by the wayside. There were more urgent things. Or maybe we just get tired of keeping the pace and we just slow up or give up. Take a night off to indulge an old habit or duck out of Devo time or avoid the life-giving conversations with someone else or with our community that we know we need to have. There were nights when it was stormy on the Sea of Galilee. Nights where the disciples thought they were going to die. But if you look closely at this passage, this passage from Matthew, this was not one of those nights. There wasn't any rain, no lightning or clouds that blotted out the stars, just wind and waves. Pretty standard conditions for a lake. Rough waters to be sure, the wind was against them, but not an overwhelming storm that was swamping the boat. It was a normal night with a normal wind and normal waves, normal things that cut the legs out from under Peter's bold walk of faith, not one of life's storms. 
And while there is a major set of storms howling around us right now in this COVID-19 thing and the societal rifts and injustices and all the implications of these for life, work, and school, even still, from what I've been hearing from folks, I think it's actually still just the more normal, ordinary things of forgetfulness, tiredness, and busyness that cuts the legs out from under us in our walk of faith. Not the storm of the pandemic, as frightful as that is. Stuff that's tripping us up is the normal, standard conditions of life. Because the truth is, no matter what season or storm of life that we find ourselves in, we are people filled with faith. The very same kind that can move mountains and that can, can serve as a bold and life-transforming witness to our neighbors, our coworkers, and our worlds. But at the same time, we are also, no matter what season we're in, we are people filled with unfaith. The kind that sinks like a stone, especially when the wind blows. These two things were with us already. Faith and unfaith. Long before COVID-19. And just like with Peter, both of these are true at the same time. We might have moments where we hop out of the boat ready to speak words of life or justice or peace to those around us or willing to confront our darkest secrets head on. We also have moments where we sink, where we keep silent, where we get tired of keeping time with God or drop our guard toward our temptations or whatever else. Faith and unfaith. Walking on water together with doubt and fear. That's us, it's Peter, and it's some of the lesson of this passage that meets us here today, too. Even the boldest faith still needs a Savior. And it is that Savior that this story is really about. It's not about Peter. It's not about us. It's not about bold faith or unfaith. It's about Jesus. Son of God, the Savior. We might want to be great at faith. We might even have a great faith. But we will never faith ourselves out of the need for a Savior. Or else we have lost the point of this faith that rests in someone other than ourselves to begin with. Peter's second set of words in this passage were also a prayer. Lord, save me. And immediately the hand of God reached out and caught him, drew him up out of the water, brought him back to his feet. Not only that, but the presence of the Son of God also brought the winds to a standstill. Peace and calm fell over the scene as the rest of the disciples, who up to this point had done nothing at all, did the utterly appropriate thing and worshipped Jesus, recognizing in that moment that truly he is the Son of God. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. True enough. Sometimes we do. We pray to God and ask him to tell us to come to him in deeper devotion and confronting our sins and confronting the injustices of our world. And always the response is, come. And so we do. We step out in faith, trusting that God is the one who has called us. But, but it is God who calls us. Peter prayed 
the same prayer, and Jesus called him to come. And Jesus empowered him to take those steps across the waves. Peter never did it alone. And when he began to sink, he was never more than a prayer away from the same one who is ready, willing, and able to save him. And neither are we. Jesus is the one who calls us, the one who empowers our obedience. Jesus is the one who has mastered the winds of the sea and of the COVID-19 and whatever other crosswinds might be blowing in your life. He's the one who continues to meet and to save frightened disciples like us as often as we call out to him in prayer. And Jesus is the one who is worthy of our worship. For truly, he is the Son of God. I invite you to join me in prayer. Dear Jesus, our God, we come before you scattered about in all different houses and living rooms and yards. And we recognize that this has been a scatterbrained time. We have been all over the place. Days have flowed into one another. We've lost a sense of rhythm. And yet a lot of the normal human stuff and struggles that we face remain with us. We are still people of faith. We are still people of unfaith. People who take, take bold steps towards you in response to your calls, but also people who sink like a stone, who have doubts, who have fears, who get tripped up and tired and forgetful on the way. We need you to be our Savior still. We always did. We always will. So Jesus, save us. Here, today, where we are, in our living room chair, in our lawn chairs, wherever we are, reach out, save us, and invite us to come to you again at the sound of your call. We pray these things in your name, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.